Good morning and Merry Christmas. My name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at Jamestown Harbor. And if today is a day where uh, you are you are joining our family, we're grateful to have you here uh, in a in another uh, location to add to the eight or so that we've uh, been in over the last eight years together. So uh, Jamestown Harbor, if you can find us, you can join us, right? So uh, this building wasn't even here last year. So glad to be here this morning. Um, I want to start off this morning just by uh, grounding us in the Christmas story as Luke tells it in Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. When he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So this morning, I want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking particularly about Mary. Uh, Mary is an interesting character and that we, 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 uh, look at her and and think of her in lots of different ways. In fact, just yesterday I saw this picture, uh, depicting Mary at the birth of Christ. Uh, this picture is like from the, I don't know, the, the middle ages. And you got like Gabriel holding little baby Jesus and Mary like wrestling the devil. Uh, and like this. There's a lot of different ways you can think about Mary, but most of the time when I hear this, this uh, story, right, this Luke chapter 2, Mary pondering these things up in her heart, uh, to me it, it reads like a very sanitized version uh, that, that is difficult for me personally to connect with as a human being. Right There's this peaceful, glorious mother with a soft Mona Lisa smile on her face. And our Christmas songs even give us this like image of Mary, right? Away in a manger. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet little head, right? The cattle are lowing, the baby, the poor baby wakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I mean, if you've had children, this, that feels inauthentic at best, right? I mean, uh, 
barnyard animals are waking a sleeping baby and no crying he makes? Like, I don't think so. That's not how it works. Has your, ever, has your dog ever barked at the UPS guy while your kid was taking a nap? Right? Like, that feels like the real version of this story. And it's a beautiful song, but that day in the manger, in the barn, I feel like there is so much more going on, particularly, I think, inside of Mary. And we talk about the word becoming flesh on Christmas morning, right? That's kind of what we celebrate. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. I think that is a good reminder about every single person in this story. Because I think there is a visceral, human, real life in the flesh side to the people to marry in the story that I often think of when I read these verses. Like when you read uh, uh, verse 5, for example, right? Uh, Talking about Joseph, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. I mean, remember, Mary is this pregnant teenager, With her first child. I remember uh, when we were expecting our first child. I was constantly worried. I was worried about the baby. I was worried about my wife. About the birth. I was worried about how to raise a child. I was worried about everything the whole time. And if you've had children, you probably were too, right? You, You understand that. Mary did not have the latest updated copy of what to expect when you're expecting let alone like the son of God is your child. And this unwed teenage mother did not know what to expect. And after traveling days on end, nine months pregnant, I doubt she felt lovely or serene. She probably felt uncomfortable, dirty, exhausted, alone. All that is probably going on inside of her. And then you have verse seven, right? Verse seven tells us she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, here's where I can't relate to Mary because I've never given birth to a child. I know people who have. I've never heard any one of them describe it as serene or peaceful, right? Childbirth is violent, it is sweaty. It is painful. It is hard work. It is not something that, that passes peacefully in a moment. It's actually something you must recover from. It is trauma that happens. Christmas morning was likely traumatic for Mary, the mother of Jesus. And think about doing that out in a barn, right? No room in the house. So you have to go in the shed somewhere and have this experience. So if I'm Mary, I'm not just worn out. I'm processing a ton of other emotions as well. Chaotic emotions. I'm angry. I'm terrified. I'm maybe even embarrassed. Or what about this last uh, line in verse 19? Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That sounds really nice, doesn't it? But that, that phrase, like pondered them in her heart... In the original language, in Greek, it basically means to throw together or to piece together. Like how you would take like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and like dump it out on the, on the table and start trying to make sense of everything that's there. She began to unpack all these things that had happened to her and, and considered them and tried to make sense out of the chaos that was her life. 
Maybe she looked for like those corner pieces in her life, something to like anchor the frame a little bit. What does she know to be true that she can organize the rest of this and create a frame to understand her, her world? She knows Joseph didn't leave her and stuck by his, her side. She knows that God himself showed up to her, right? She probably had a million questions about this child, but she knew she was a mother. One of the most chaotic times in, in my life was a, was a season in my life where I had left ministry for a while and we were pregnant with our firstborn son, or child, a son, uh, and I was painting houses for a living. And I was considering about what, was, uh, what did God have in store for us next. And we had all of these options. And we actually started meeting with this older couple who were kind of serving as like mentors to us in this chaotic, uncertain time in our life. And they said, uh, well, in the midst of a lot of uncertainty, one thing you know for sure, you're about to be parents. You have that corner piece in your life. Now start assembling your frame around that. So was Mary feeling the same thing? Could she have used someone like that speaking into her life? Probably. And I'm sure that years later when they were written down, she had time to process it all, that these moments felt like special treasures to her in hindsight. But at that moment, I doubt it. Her mind was probably racing. And pondered them in her heart meant that all that had happened was constantly on her mind that she was constantly dealing with the confusion uh, of all that had happened and the anxiety of now what will happen. And all of this, I just feel like weighed heavy on her. Exhaustion, loneliness, confusion, anger, fear, embarrassment. There is just a ton of baggage that Mary has at this moment. And that's what I see. When I read Mary's story, I read about a young woman with a lot of baggage. And to me, that's why Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the most biblical Christmas song you can actually sing. Because it seems pretty clear to me that people around Jesus at the Christmas morning are carrying some incredible baggage. People whose families literally did not invite them over for Christmas dinner, right? You had his dad, Joseph, who was dealing with some incredible levels of personal shame. The woman he's about to be married to is already pregnant. His family wouldn't even let them stay in the house in Bethlehem when they came to register. His mom, Mary, we've talked about her and all the baggage she's carrying. You also have these dirty shepherds who show up out of nowhere. Uh, their lowest level of society uh, dirt, doing dirty jobs that people steer clear. These are the first visitors for Jesus. And then finally, you've got all these strangers, these magi from the East. They're not even from our country that show up and may or may not give the baby over to Herod to be murdered. So Christmas is the story of people who are not invited to play reindeer games either. Baggage is just part of the lives of every single person around that manger. And we have baggage too. We carry baggage and chaotic emotions in our lives too. We all have a story. We have a story of distance in our marriage. We have a story of college finals that didn't go the way we wanted. We have a story of a unique parenting ch uh, challenge that is our child. 
We have a story of bitterness towards someone who have hurt us. Uh, We have a story of general anxiety or fear or worry that just doesn't seem to leave. We have a story of loneliness. We have stories of addiction. We have baggage. And that's why one of the values at Jamestown Harbor Church is we often say that we want to tell authentic stories. And what that means is we want you to be you and we want you to share that with other people. And the reason that that is a value to us is because we're all bringing baggage to the table. We are all surrounded Christmas morning with baggage. So we've chosen to not be afraid of your baggage, to not be critical of your baggage, because I have baggage too. And Mary, the real person in this story, must be feeling the weight of her baggage, the chaotic mix of emotions and experiences. And so on one hand, you have this ton of hope on Christmas morning because God has done something so unique, so amazing. And on the other hand, you've got all this baggage that is brought to the table and chaos in the lives of these real people. And the tension between the two of hope and chaos is really strong. Because when something in our lives is out of order, when something in our lives feels out of control, when something in our lives feels chaotic, all of our life gets affected by it. And any sense of hope we might have gets silenced by that chaos. This is how it works. And that's what makes the Christmas story so amazing. It's because it's different. Instead of silencing our hope, the chaos of Christmas amplifies the hope because it's in the middle of that mess and baggage and chaos that God shows up. Let me show you what I mean by going very back to the beginning in the Bible in the book of Genesis at the very creation of the world in the first verses. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It's darkness, it's formless, it's churning deep, emptiness. In Hebrew, it literally kind of means emptiness or confusion, unreality, chaos. That's what, that's what the rabbis call those opening verses. But then as soon as God speaks, his voice, his words do something unbelievable and unexpected. The words of God create order out of all of that chaos. Not in spite of it, but out of it, with it. Out of chaos is a hope that the chaos will stop. And that was true at the beginning of time. It was also true at the bedside next to Mary as well. Because you know how John, the uh, the gospel writer John, talks about Christmas morning? In John chapter 1 verse 14, he says, The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Now, when we hear or think about God's word, we tend to think of the Bible, right? The Bible tells us that uh, what God says. But in truth, the Bible itself, when it uses the phrase, the word of God is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word of God, not pages. And John says that on Christmas day, that word, that voice of God, The very thing that creates order out of chaos became flesh and lived among us. And the gospel story, the Christmas story, the story of God bringing hope 
out of order, out, out of chaos. And take a clo- if you take a close look at Jesus' life, spend some time this Christmas and read through some of the gospel stories. Just the stories of him interacting with people. And what do you see? You see blind people seeing. You see lame people walking. You see order created out of chaos and hope replacing hopelessness. So what we celebrate here at Christmas is not a baby in a manger who grows up to be a wise teacher or even a a baby who would grow up to save us from our sins. What we celebrate on Christmas morning is God's word creating order out of our chaos, bringing hope into the heaviest baggage and our messiest mess. So tomorrow's Christmas morning, and if you're a, a normal person, you are probably excited for what that brings. And also maybe bracing yourself for a little bit of the chaos that is uniquely your families, right? Uniquely your stories. Maybe the chaos goes beyond the typical, like the food and the presents and the kids running around. Maybe it's the chaos of navigating a tricky relationship. Maybe it's the chaos of wrestling with feelings of betrayal or bitterness or loneliness or loss. Maybe the chaos has something to do with the uncertainty of the year ahead or the tragedy of the year behind or the chaos that just is the emotional landscape of your life. Whatever it is, Christmas is the story of how God loves us so much that he sent his son into your chaos, into your baggage to create something more beautiful in a different way of living. Let me just close with this story. Uh, In 1861, America uh, was plunged into the midst of the Civil War. And Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, what a name for a guy, right? Uh, A great American poet. In 1861, he saw his friends and his family and his neighbors enter the Civil War, killing fellow Americans and things were dark And it felt like a profound sadness to him. In fact, later that year, his wife died, passed away in an accident where her dress caught on fire. And despite his own efforts, he could not save her. She passed away. And so the year after her death, the the very next Christmas in 1862, Longfellow wrote this. He said, how inexpressibly sad are all holidays. And of holidays, he wrote, I can make no record of these days. Better leave them wrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God might give me peace. And Longfellow's journal entry for Christmas Day, uh, December 25th of 1862 says, Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. And almost a year later, he received word that his oldest son, Charles, uh, a lieutenant in the army in the Civil War, had been severely wounded with a bullet passing through his shoulder, taking off part of his spine. And so another Christmas later in 1863, even during the midst of uh, of the Civil War, dealing with his wife's death, his son's uh, injury, he wrote the words to a poem called Christmas Bells which later became the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And in this song, you follow the journey uh, 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 of his life where he speaks of church bells crying out the news of Christmas in the morning. 
But in the midst of his pain, it's like they're silenced. And he writes this. He says, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Those are some pretty dark and hopeless Christmas lyrics, aren't they? That the sound of Christmas bells mocks the holiday. And you're probably wondering, like, how on earth this counts, uh, like, as a Christmas song. Well, it's because the poem doesn't end, right? Uh, the, The words don't end there. In fact, in the following verse, Longfellow writes this. In the midst of all of that pain, he writes, But God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And so the hope we have at Christmas is not a hope to escape the chaos someday in a life after death. It is a hope that we do not have to stay stuck in the chaos today. Jesus spent most of his life in the chaos of other people's lives. Giving comfort, speaking love, creating order out of chaos. That's what started on the very first Christmas day. That is what can be true today, right now as well. In the midst of the thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle that is your particular life and your particular story, in the midst of your chaos and your baggage, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. God still brings order and peace on earth and goodwill to men. Let's pray together. Lord God, I'm grateful this morning uh, for the hope that is found in the manger. And God, I am also grateful for uh, the story of Mary and Joseph and wise men and shepherd, for the people who were there to greet your son that morning. Because God, they have baggage and so do I. They needed the grace and the gift of hope and peace and so do I. So God, I pray that as we uh, leave from this place and enter whatever is uh, on the agenda for the next busy, uh, busy hours of our lives, that we would be reminded that in the midst of our baggage, you show up. That in spite of our chaos, you create order. So God, I pray that we may experience that today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.